0: Welcome to the Better Being podcast with Greg Stark and Ali Orr. This is a podcast that dives into the four pillars of performance movement, mindset, nutrition, and mental health. We speak with experts, find real life case studies and helpful anecdotes, and we do our best to learn more about optimising human performance. Well, today I am super excited to be chatting with our very own director and head honcho from Better Being, Greg Stark. Um, Just a quick intro before we get started. So, Greg is the go-to trainer for stressed out and corporate execs. He loves working with people who are super stressed out and especially people that are time poor. He'll get you in the gym and get you working. He also consults and presents for workplace well-being for companies like PwC, Herbert Smith Freehills and Commonwealth Bank. He's a leading expert across lots of different magazines. We've got CEO, Sports Lux, Men's Health, The Australian, many, many more. He was the 2011 Exercise Professional of the Year finalist in Australia. And apart from all this, he has a very, very decent resume. Greg is an all-around top bloke. He's well-researched, ambitious, and he's been in the industry long enough to know what does and definitely does not work. So, Greg... If it's cool with you, I'd love for us to get to know you a little bit better. I'd like to know how you got into the industry and what the progression has been like from, you know, like a fresh faced PT now into an industry leader in the fitness space. I'd love to hear that whole story.
1: Wow, it's quite the introduction, Ali. Um, I actually still often feel like I'm that fresh faced trainer until you start reading out all the things I've done and I start to feel very old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a great journey in the, in the fitness industry. I guess where I started was I wanted to work with elite-level athletes, so I went to university and studied sports and exercise science. And when I was there, I looked around the room and realized that we all finished with the same bit of paper at the end of the day. And uh, So I decided to get some experience in, in what I was doing and became a personal trainer and started up my first personal training business at that time. Uh, And then towards the end of my career, had the opportunity to, sorry, end of my career, end of my studies, I had the opportunity to work with elite level sporting teams at the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, and was there for a few years at the same time running my personal training business and found that uh, there was opportunity to apply those same principles and practices of what we're doing with athletes Uh, into the corporate world and the everyday world and for me personally I took a lot more out of the personal relationships I was building with clients where it was influencing their their lives and completely transforming their lives that I decided that's where I guess I wanted to inject my life's work and that's the birthplace of of better being really.
0: Yeah wow that's awesome so when you first became a PT and you first got into the industry, what were the kind of challenges that you were facing, I guess, as a trainer and with your clients?
1: I guess the challenges were, and they're there to a degree still, it was, it was really unregulated in those days. Um, basically, anyone could become a trainer. Uh, it's a lot better now. To become a trainer, you can become a trainer in four weeks. Uh, our business is only hiring sports and exercise science degree qualified people. So I feel that that's a really important part of the industry. Uh, If you want to cut someone's hair, you've got to do an apprenticeship for 12 months. The fitness industry, you do a certificate, which takes four weeks, you can go out and tell people what to do with their health and fitness. Um, So I think a lot of that needs, needs to improve. And I guess that was what I saw as an opportunity to really make the industry better and say this is, this is what the benchmark should be if we're helping people to change their health and fitness.
0: You say, you know, some people can get qualified in four weeks and, um, you know, we're trusting these exercise professionals with our well-being. In terms of trainers that come through, do you really notice a difference in quality of trainers that are well-trained to, to trainers that aren't?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it is interesting. I guess the people that what I look for when people come to our business is that you can be super knowledgeable about the body and know about you know, how the body functions down to a cellular level uh, but you know, the key when it comes to being a really good coach is about how well you can emotionally connect with someone um, and, and that skill and that empathy uh, is what I really look for in the people that come through our business, so I guess for me there there is that that level of knowledge and understanding of let's not just do a push up, but actually let's understand the mechanics of a push up why are we getting people to do a push up who's not suitable to having push ups uh, that level of understanding is there from their studies, and then f- for that to be a really good coach, I look for that level of of empathy and ability to be uh, driven to help people.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like you have a really good army of coaches working underneath you, Greg.
1: I, I'm very lucky. I do. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the team are amazing and, and we've got a, a very good qualified team that, um, you know, have been with us for a long time now. So it's, um, I'm very fortunate in that sense.
0: So today, I guess I really wanted to, pick your brain and get some of your ideas on the type of things that clients struggle with. So all the misconceptions, all the things they read on the internet, what's right, what's wrong. Um, And this is something that I'm sure you hear all the time from clients They're always asking, what is the right thing? Or I heard this thing from this friend, or I read this thing on Instagram, you know, is this correct? And I guess- while we've got you and why we can ask you all these questions the first thing is why do you think it's important to wrap your head around all this stuff
1: I think the challenge in in today is uh it used to be being able to find the the right information where now there's just so much information out there that it's very hard for people to get clarity on what is the right thing to do what what is the best thing for me um and the benefit and the mark of a really good coach is to be able to simplify that for someone uh, and and to make it very easy to block out all the noise and know what are the, the key fundamental principles that that person needs to do.
0: Yeah. And what do you think is or what do you think are the most asked questions? You know, um, for me personally, I know people are always asking me about nutrition stuff. What what type of nutrition should I be having before or after a workout? You know, what, what do you hear a lot?
1: Nutrition is always a very popular one. Uh, You know, majority of people get started because they're driven by aesthetics and they want to know how to lose weight. Um, And nutrition can be very complex and it can also be very simple. And the hard thing is blocking out all the noise when it comes to those diets and and people marketing, you know, the latest fad. Uh, The other aspect, which I think is probably even more important than all that is around motivation and I actually had a really interesting conversation with a guy yesterday and he he works in the industry but he hasn't been able to train for the last three months and he's like what how do you get motivated how do you stay motivated what is the key to success um and, and I think it's a it's a really powerful question and uh we joke about if you could bottle up the level of motivation that people have before they get married, that would be the most uh, well-sought after fitness product that uh, anyone could could want. But uh, I think for me personally, the key, and if I look at my own personal evolution and relationship when it comes to exercise, is, is what is the purpose of that playing in your life? Um, I think when I started out, all those years ago as a, as a young teenager, it was all about putting on muscle, looking good for picking up chicks and all those sort of things. And then uh, as we progressed through the 20s, it started getting injuries and wanted to get strong for sport and mobile for sport. So again, the way that I trained and exercised was different to now it's all about my family and my son and being a good role model for him and also still keeping everything strong and fit and fast so that I can beat him over a hundred meter sprint when he's 18 uh, is is my purpose to why I keep doing all these things.
0: Yeah. Interesting that you say about purpose. I mean, um, if someone is really trying to get motivated, you know, people are always saying, oh, I'm just not motivated. Oh, I just don't have the motivation. You know, do you think that finding a real purpose to do exercise and to get involved in a program, is that the key?
1: Yeah, I think the you don't just wake up one morning and go. I'm motivated to exercise. You have to create that. You have to create, you know, that framework, that story, uh, that practice in your own mind. You know, the recent Michael Jordan documentary. Jordan used to find a way to hate his opposition. He would create a story where he was like, "This person is now the enemy." Basically, you need to have the same thing where it's a case of. I'm creating a story for myself as to why I need to do these things because I know that by doing these things I can turn up and be the best person I can be uh, across all forms of life. And that by doing that and, and having that, that rhetoric in your own mind is what creates the motivation. Uh, and then you, from there you can set your own goals and targets and ambitions of things you want to achieve. But I think it's it, it's never a complete linear uh process it's it's constantly evolving and changing and and being conscious of of what those drivers are
0: yeah that's um i think much more powerful than just sitting on the couch watching netflix waiting for motivation to kick in right
1: (laughs) that's it mr motivator
0: (laughs) yeah that's really cool um so i guess let's dive into a little bit of this um weight loss misconceptions um The first one I have for you, I wanted to ask you, is eating breakfast necessary to lose weight? Now, this is a question that I have heard so many times. So many people have heard, you know, you need to eat breakfast, you need to eat your biggest meals at the start of the day. Um, What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I love this one. I mean, it's all of a sudden fashionable to... Skip breakfast because what was known as skipping breakfast is now known as intermittent fasting. Um, but again, it's just how these trends start to evolve. From the science that I've read, and I've read a lot of different studies and bits of research, uh, the the key to I guess weight loss is creating that calorie deficit. Now, for some people, that might work by skipping out a meal completely at the start of the day is a way for them to potentially restrict their calorie intake over the rest of the day but for others it can also force them to eat more later on in the day if they skip their breakfast and not only just that about eating more but also perform worse that you know they feel lethargic they're constantly thinking about how hungry they are um, so it's actually very detrimental to their health and performance uh, and not necessarily helpful to the weight loss. Uh, so the big thing that we always talk about is you've got to find what works for you. And if skipping breakfast um, is a strategy that you find it works well, then keep going with it. Uh, If it isn't, then it's a case of, you know, playing around with a couple of other principles and food rules that that might help you in in order to not only just lose the weight but maintain a very healthy weight in relationship with food.
0: Cool. So on that note too, the other one, so you, you mentioned intermittent fasting, the next favorite buzzword is keto diets, right? Yeah. So what is the best diet? You know, is there a really good diet? Should I be eating this low-carb keto diet to lose the most weight? What do you think?
1: The best diet you can ever do is the one that you can stick to. Uh, that If you have a relationship where you still feel like you're eating really well, you're thinking really well, uh, and you're maintaining a good weight, that is the key. Uh If we look at keto, probably one of the the core principles as to why keto works is that um, you have high intake of protein and what we know is that by having a good intake of protein in in your diet helps you feel fuller for longer. Uh, So again, if you cut protein out from your diet altogether, you might find that you need to eat more frequently because you're getting hungrier throughout the day. So again, eating more protein is a really good strategy. Uh, For other people, it might be a case of, It forces them to cut carbs out completely from their diet. Um, And again, carbs aren't bad. There's nothing unhealthy about carbs. It's more around the way that we consume them, that we tend to overeat them and eat them in large portions. So if you can get a better relationship with your carb intake, one of my favorite things to do, I love carbs and I look at my son and he loves his carbs even more. Uh, But every Friday night, we have pizza night uh, and we order in pizzas and, and eat it and we enjoy it and it's guilt-free, it's, um, it, it's just part of our diet. But I know that we can't eat pizza every night of the week as much as he wants to.
0: Well, I think you just shocked a whole lot of people with that last couple of sentences. So I'm going to be ordering pizza on Friday and apparently carbs are not bad for me. I know. I mean, crazy. Groundbreaking,
1: groundbreaking <laughs> news, that is.
0: I know. And it's, it's very interesting that people have this – crazy idea that certain nutrients are really bad and other ones are really good from your perspective are there any things we should be avoiding
1: yeah uh, and again this can be personal but i mean the the ones that the research has shown that aren't good for us is trans fats but i mean it, you're very hard to find things that have trans fats in them um and look sugars we tend to overconsume sugars there's no real reason to to cut them out completely from your diet, um, but we just need to watch our relationship with sugars that we're not, uh, you know, I think the average person's gone from having nine grams of sugar uh, a year to 60 kilograms. Um, so sugar... 60
0: kilograms? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's massive. Um, so... Again, just watching our relationship and looking for those hidden sugars that uh, might be lurking in some pre-packaged foods. Um, But, again, you want to have a healthy relationship when it comes to nutrition uh, and enjoy those foods guilt-free. It's just a case of not feeling like you over-consume them all the time.
0: Cool. That's really good. And do you have any, I guess, tips and tricks about that? Like how, how do we... I guess, eat a better balanced diet throughout the day? How do we avoid sugars? What are your tips?
1: I think the the key to that, and again, this is more, again, my personal experience, is that it comes from good planning and and preparation. I know that if I have a bag or a a block of lint chocolate sitting in that cupboard, I am going to devour that. So if you want to have those things, Make it less accessible for yourself. So if I want those things, I have no trouble driving down or walking down the shop, picking those things up, bringing it back. It just makes it less convenient for me. And then I make good choices, really convenient. So we have a weekly shop that comes through every Sunday and we have food set out for us uh, so that vegetables and protein and all those things are always in the fridge to make healthy eating really easy. Uh, And then the other, I guess, food rule that I have is uh, I'm very repetitive when it comes to midweek eating. I eat the same thing for breakfast and lunch uh, every day that I know that's healthy, that I don't have to think about. I can go down to my cafe. I have the same thing. They know exactly what I order um, and it just makes it a lot easier to manage that way rather than constantly trying to find a healthy option.
0: Yeah, that's um, really helpful. I think specifically making it difficult to eat bad is is quite the key, right? Because if you have to go out of your way, you're much less likely to do it.
1: Yeah, and if you want to do it, yeah, getting a few extra steps in the day is always going to be a good thing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. All right, just to segue now into something, um, you know, as a female trainer – I have a lot of female clients, they ask me this question all the time. I'm sure you've heard it too. Will lifting heavy weights make me bulky?
1: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, unfortunately, the, the research shows and what we know that happens physiologically is that women don't have the hormone production that men do, which stimulate significant muscle growth. So it won't make you you bulky, uh, but what it will do is it, it will make you healthier, it will increase your bone density, which is really important, particularly women as they start to age and become at greater risk of, of fractures and, and those sort of injuries. Um, but it will also help in maintaining uh, really good weight by increasing your muscle density uh, will help with, with speeding up um, the amount of calories you consume so your basal metabolic rate um and it helps with calorie expenditure so what you're burning every day
0: for a lot of women um even guys that don't want to get um too bulky it can be quite a um a limiter you know they don't want to push themselves too hard because they think they're going to get really big but in reality that's not really the case right
1: no it's it's physiologically near impossible um for, to in order to become too bulky
0: yep so you heard it here guys <laughs> lift up some heavy
1: weights
0: <laughs> okay the next question i have is do you think that exercising fasted is the best way to lose fat
1: uh again this is a really personal one some people find that they can train better and work out harder when they're fasted um, that Often if they eat, they, they feel a bit lethargic. Uh, for me personally, uh, I find that if I haven't eaten, I just don't have the energy to train. So um, I think it's, it is a bit of a, a myth in order for you to maximize your, your weight burn, uh, weight loss, fat burn, um, that you have to do it fasted. Do whatever makes you feel good and helps you perform. Uh, and it might even be a case of experimenting with different types of food. Uh, I've worked with runners over the years where they used to love eating yogurt before training, and they found that that helped them to run really well. I couldn't think of anything worse before going to exercise yeah. than uh, having some yogurt. So, again, find what works best for you, uh, and and that happens in training. Don't wait to, to match data to, to find that out.
0: Yeah, it seems like a bad idea right to just you have a half marathon coming up and the first time you smash a yogurt before is on the race day that seems a little bit silly
1: yeah the other favorite is people who carb load the night before and just smash a whole big bowl of pasta um
0: any excuse
1: yeah exactly the whole reason they trained
0: yeah ah that's awesome yeah so what other things do you hear a lot? What, what things do you think really need to be changed, people's misconceptions about getting in the gym and eating well?
1: Oh, um, yeah, I think, I think the big ones, things that we've already spoken about, that there's no magic diet. Um, there's some key fundamental principles that it's not earth-shattering, groundbreaking news uh, in terms of sticking to your proteins your vegetables, you cannot consume enough of those type of foods. Uh, I think motivation, it doesn't just happen for you. You've got to create a world where uh, it's aligned to a greater purpose than just going to the gym to get bigger biceps. And I I think the big one as well is is focusing on recovery, that a lot of people uh, are burning themselves up by training too hard not getting enough sleep and and recovery time and living very high stress, high pressure uh, lifestyles as well.
0: Yeah, all really good stuff. All right, Greg, so I would like to jump into our quick fire round. So my first question for you, if you could change someone's mind about something, anything, health, fitness, well-being, whatever you want, what would it be? Oh,
1: that's a, such a big question. It's particularly so much going on in the world right now. Um, I think health and fitness-wise, it's probably more that for exercise to be beneficial or for diets to be beneficial, they have to be extreme. Uh, I think having a very good relationship with all those sort of things, I would love to change people's minds about. Um And equality in in life in general, I think, is a really important thing that we can't have complete well-being until everyone has access to well-being, which is a big rabbit hole to go down.
0: Yeah, but so important. Yeah. I guess that... that follows into the next question, what are you really excited about right now in relation to health, fitness, general well-being? You know, what's what's really on your mind? What are you passionate about?
1: Uh, I'm looking a lot at, at sleep at the moment. I'm really enjoying uh, learning more around sleep and the function of sleep. Um, I think that that is, is obviously a massive challenge Uh, in terms of people have gone from an average of nine hours sleep down to seven hours sleep and the impacts to that health wise and um, brain function wise is is super important that's probably the biggest thing I've, I've been enjoying discovering more about at the moment
0: yeah and do you have any good sleep tricks something that we can help people get good night's sleep
1: Uh, don't have kids uh i love my kids i'm only joking but i guess you, you can learn a lot from kids that um if you want your child to have a good night's sleep the importance of routine and ritual is key and if it throws out from that routine and ritual you can guarantee they will not be sleeping well that night so um you know things like having a hot bath or hot shower before bed is really good because one of the things that our body does physiologically is that it drops in core temperature. So by raising the temperature and dropping, um, that helps to trigger the body into sleep. The Australian Institute of Sport actually recommend athletes try hot, cold showers before bed as a strategy to facilitate the change in temperature. Uh, Reading is another really good one, and that's reading not on a device but actually turning off your devices um, because the brain receives that artificial light as though it's the middle of the day. Um, So just reading the old paperbacks. And if you want a really good book to put you to sleep, read my book. and probably the last one is, is breathing. Um, one of the things that the body does physiologically is slow down our rate of, of breathing and respiratory, uh, and it's one of the few physiological functions that we can really control. So, uh, again, if you're someone who meditates and, and is into meditation or you want to listen to different apps um, and have that facilitated for you, that's a really great strategy. Uh, for me, I just use a 6 for 10 breathing method, which is in for six, Hold for four and
0: out for ten. Nice. Well, it does sound like you've been doing a lot of research, honestly. Picked up a lot of great things there. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That's that's my sleep presentation done.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, question number three. Book, podcast, or resource that you would recommend or something that you're really enjoying right now?
1: I think the thing I'm really enjoying right now is actually doing our own podcast again. Um We've had some phenomenal guests, and we've got some phenomenal guests coming up. Uh, and being able to get their perspectives on things and insights into things, I've I've really enjoyed uh, that aspect to what we've we've been doing. Um, I don't read as much as I once did uh, in terms of books. I've got a whole library of books that I've bought. Uh, that I haven't quite got to yet. The next one I've got to read is around blood chemistry, which I'm really interested in getting into now and looking at how different hormone levels interact. And if we're higher in certain hormones, lower in others, what does that mean for our health? And how do we modify our lifestyle and behaviors in order to increase those things? So, for instance, if you're a male with low testosterone, uh, What does that mean and in relation to your estrogen levels and how do we influence those different hormones within the body? And I think that that's a really exciting part for the industry and also um, genetics is involved there as well.
0: Yeah, that sounds really interesting and something that, you know, we're all probably going to get involved in later on, so get ahead of the curve.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if we look at genetics, it, it is a very interesting aspect to things and you know if you have certain genetic conditions which you know that there is no cure for do you want to be knowing that you have those genes or would you prefer not to know and find out later on in life I mean they're big ethical questions around that sort of stuff but there's 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 going to be you know it's, it's what's going to come in the next sort of five, ten years is uh what sort of foods go well with certain gene types what sort of exercise is best for certain gene types and and all those sort of things i think will really start to influence our lifestyles and um the decisions that we make in order to keep ourselves at peak
0: performance yeah super interesting all right, question number four for you. Do you have a health hack? I'm sure you have plenty from your user <laughs> training people, but what is something that you always do, or something in your morning routine, or a travel tip, something you know that you wish you knew earlier, or something that, you know, would help change people's life if they just do this one thing?
1: Yeah, there's lots lots in there. I mean uh, in the mention of morning routines I always find quite funny. Um, you know, every blog article you know what's the best morning routine to have a productive day Uh, and no one mentions your nighttime routine i think nighttime routine is probably even more important than a morning routine that unless you're getting enough quality sleep and quantity of sleep uh, it doesn't matter whether you're having lemon water in the morning and journaling and gratitude and all these great things uh, if you haven't had enough sleep you are not going to have a productive day research is showing that you're basically turning up as though your brain is drunk if you have even mild sleep deprivation. So uh, I think protecting that last hour before bed uh, to switch off your devices, to to dim the lighting in a room, and then practice some of those other strategies uh, if you struggle to get to sleep uh, that might help you in in getting uh, better quality sleep and more productive, healthier day, more energy to go and train, make better food choices, all those things into play there.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Greg, I didn't know you were a um, sleep enthusiast, but it seems like today we've um, covered sleep about 10 times, so that's awesome. I think
1: think the problem is when you start reading about something, you you just get right into it and passionate about it and become quite focused on it. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. And I guess, look, probably another one, when I travel, which unfortunately, given the circumstance of the world, we're not able to do as, as much and frequently uh, in the immediate future. Um, but something I love to do is just to go and walk and explore um, whatever city I might be in. Uh, it's always one of the first things I do is is to walk around, walk around the city and almost get a bit lost uh, wherever I, I am. It helps me to understand the place a bit more but also good for resetting the circadian rhythms and feeling good.
0: And getting 20,000 steps in a day.
1: Let that step <laughs> count up.
0: Uh, nice. All right, so last question. Somebody alive that you would like to have a conversation with, invite them around to dinner, you can ask them whatever you want, who would it be and why?
1: Somebody alive. Alex Ferguson. So, Alex Ferguson. Uh, I'm a big Manchester United football supporter. Uh, yeah. I- pains me that Liverpool have won the league but a phenomenal year that they've had Um, but I mean so Alex Ferguson one of the greatest coaches of all time was able to get the best out of his players Um, being a coach and and being able to get the best out of clients I love hearing stories and and experiences and strategies that coaches use in order to get the best out of people so someone alive I'd like to have to Alex around and talk about the glory days of Man United um, and, and what are some of the strategies that he used.
0: Awesome yeah seems like a really interesting guy with plenty of knowledge in the field so that would be a great one. Yeah. All right well Greg thank you so much for letting us you know pick your brain get heaps of all this knowledge that you've got accumulated from so many years of training people—it's really interesting to hear your perspective. Um, and yeah, thanks, thanks for the chat.
1: That's been my pleasure, Ali. It's—I mean—we chat all the time, but to actually do it on a podcast is—it's uh, been really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to us chatting with other experts and and doing more exciting things with this podcast. And really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, me too. Thanks, Greg. You're welcome, Ellie. Thanks.
0: To learn more about Better Being, you can find us on social media, on Instagram as BetterBeingPT, on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Be sure to tune in for our next episode on the Better Being Podcast.